Hello folks, uh, 7 o'clock Queensland, um, Australia, and um, you're listening to Radio FM 88 Australia, and for those people who have just jumped on through Facebook and YouTube, really great welcome, and for those people listening on the radio, look, if you want to continue, you're more than welcome, we'll jump on the Facebook page, Radio FM 88 Australia, YouTube, Radio FM 88 Australia, and um, you can participate in, um, in the show, and you can make some comments, and the answers are coming through at the end of the day. All right, so without further ado, I hand you over to Andrina, who's my co-host. Hello, everybody, and welcome. And if you're new to uh, Dream in the New Dream, or you're listening live or the replay, today is the 9th of February, 2023. Um, many of you um, will be aware of Sandy because she's a well-known researcher and many other things, but it's my great pleasure to have Sandy on the show today. And I've known Sha sorry, Sandy for a number of years. Um, I think you moved into Glastonbury and I moved to Australia, but you know, our paths have crossed over and over again. So um, uh, yeah, so we, I know you can touch on many, many subjects and I'm very aware that we can only discuss some subjects. So really i would just love you to share your journey i know you you were born in kent um and you've been on a real spiritual journey you're a real warrior and i i love your work and what you do and you you give people information and they do their you give them the research to do themselves to get their own information which is very important because you know we say to everybody have you done your research you know <laughs> Anyway, on that note, without further ado, welcome, Sandy, and it's such a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, thanks so much, Angina and Jeff. Um, it's really lovely to be here um, and, and to be talking to you guys. Um, I, I think what, I mean, I've, I've listened to your shows and I think they're, they're lovely. I mean, you, you're doing such wonderful work. Um, and thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> So we start at the very beginning, you, you know, start your, your journey, your family and, and all um, the different steps that have led yeah. you to work now. It, it's funny, you know, because I, <clears throat> I yeah, I was born in, in Dover in Kent um, and I I went to school in, in Folkestone um, and my family were, you know, my they were they were war, war, you know, my parents had had me quite late and um, they they gone through the war you know my father was a squadron leader during in, in the air force and my mother had been in the air force too and i think you know they they were uh, they they'd suffered during that time particularly my father and he was he you know he became he drank quite a lot but he was a very kind lovely loving father uh, but my mother had had a, a rougher time and she was she was you know she had a bit of um you know quite a lot of depression um because she was very awake and I, it's only now that I realise how awake she was. Mm. She was quite psychic, and um, and I think she suffered with that because she, you know, people, doctors had medicated her because she she used to say she saw things, and of course that you know that's a no no. <laughs> um, and and I always remember she'd had a quite a, a rough childhood. She'd been in in care um, in a Salvation Army children's home for a lot of her life because her parents uh, couldn't cope. Uh, that they were came from a Irish Catholic background and loads of children and then couldn't cope in, you know, in very poor times at the poverty. So she was she was brought up in a Salvation Army children's home, which she where she was 
taught you know the scriptures and of course she had latched on to the book of revelation and when i was a child i used to find it very freaky she used to say literally stare at me and say you will live through the book of revelation you will and i i that scared me and i i mm -hmm. left home quite quick you know when i was 17 18 18 i left home i'd done my a levels and i decided to go to art school but i always remembered what she said and she used to say nation will rise against nation you know, um, uh, kingdom against kingdom, and all of this, and it, and it, it kind of, you know, that what I'm seeing now is is almost what she was saying. Not that I'm particularly, you know, I'm not a Bible basher or anything, but there's certain there's certain things that are resonating right now of, of what she used to say, um, and I just think, well, maybe she did that for a reason. Maybe she, in her funny sort of way, she was waking me up as a child, because I've always been looking at the geopolitical stuff and what is going on and are we going to live through this tumultuous time that will actually raise the consciousness of man because that's what the book of revelation is all about um and 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 sure enough we appear to be living in a in very very interesting times and and uh so as i as i grew up i i went to i went to art school and i i studied set design um uh for theater and i went and worked in theater for a long time which i absolutely loved i worked at the old vic and the National Theatre in, in London on the South Bank and um, really enjoyed it. But then I got married and we, you know, we, we bought a house and, you know, money was always tight. So somehow I, I did go and do a bit of film and television. I worked in the music, music video industry, designing sets and worked with lots of amazing musicians and stuff. And, and but I then ended up in corporate live events, which is was big business then. They called it industrial theatre, and it was kind of this selling products. It was all to do with corporations and big business. So there was so much more money in it than there was in at that time in music videos, or that's when music videos had just started, um, and and uh, theatre. So I sort of migrated without really knowing what i was doing it was it was all about the money and surviving at that time because it was we'd had a recession you know um as we we were always having these recessions and you know boom and bust situations and um i i, I sort of got myself involved in working for big corporations designing uh, corporate life events and i found myself working suddenly working for all the people that i now realize are not doing us any favors really i mean things like glaxo smith klein um and uh, uh bloomberg um i work for i worked for microsoft i met bill gates and i worked for uh, google i met eric schmidt and i didn't get a good feeling from both of those people i mean you know i think in some ways we have a lot to thank these people for because you know we wouldn't be looking at ourselves right now if if the <laughs> things hadn't happened the way they had in the last three years but it was it was an interesting sort of um journey really because the GlaxoSmithKline one was a real wake-up call for me because I was in a boardroom meeting and they've got this big glass office in um on the on the west way going in going into west london massive glass office huge and it's almost like a mini city they've got shops underneath and They've got nurseries for the children, for the people that work there. They've got banks. They've got everything within this big glass building. And I had to go there for a meeting with the producer. Um, and we were we were designing, um, I, we, we were working with them on a, on a big sort of, um, it, it was quite a big live event where it's interesting because what they do is they, they sell Ribena, which rots children's teeth. They also sell toothpaste with fluoride, which is, the, which is their antidote to it. 
and they sell that you know they the lots of you know pharmaceuticals which you know are have had various effects on on various people in different countries and i i was at this thing and they this meeting and they were promoting a sort of um a new drug and i can't remember for the life of me what it was but they said we're going to penetrate the ayurvedic market and i thought that was awful language we're going to penetrate in india they're going to try and you know capture the indian market and penetrate you know the the ayurvedic the natural mm. ayurvedic you know medicine that they have there we're going to penetrate the ayurvedic market and i i thought hang on you know ayurvedic market's been going on for thousands of years and and how 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 what hubris to say they're going to do that and i actually sort of walked out of the meeting i got this terrible reaction walked out of the meeting and my producer came up afterwards and she said you know why did you leave and i said because i couldn't i couldn't listen to that it it really had a visceral, a visceral sort of reaction uh, in in my heart and i i said i can't i can't do this job and she was really fed up and she said well what what did what did they say and i said well they said they're going to penetrate the ayurvedic market and she said what's that and okay. i thought oh i'm in the wrong job <laughs> in the wrong job so i stopped working for for them um and then i then you know then i start you know then i i sort of got into i was doing a job for google and they you know eric schmidt is you know he's okay but he was just it was all about money whenever they were talking it was all about the money 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 and with bill gates it was all about the ai you know the artificial intelligence that they wanted to bring in because i had to do a mini smart city in um in uh in in uh, Chelsea and all the tech was going in and I thought oh this is interesting but now when I reflect back I realize what what it what it's all about all the jigsaw falls into place um and how you know we you know we, we we're just sort of on the brink really of this of this you know this is seeing that that all of this is actually moving to a place that perhaps we're not terribly comfortable with you know with all with all the the machine technology the the you know the 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 artificial intelligence technology that might be adverse to the human being and you know this is a this is really is a spiritual sort of battle we're in to um yeah. to remain human actually <laughs> yeah mm. Because it's it also it's like Big Brother is Big Data, isn't it? Absolutely, and I, you know, just just recently, I've I've been campaigning in the UK because there is this move to bring digital ID in by December in the UK, and I've um, I have put a lot of um, energy into um, trying to raise awareness about this because there is an online consultation. Um, for, for people to fill in but it is lip service you know I think they'll try and do it anyway but there has to be a pushback and the fact is that you know the consultation is very heavily worded in their favor it's quite a kind of trick questions there's 12 questions and so um I've been trying to raise awareness about that because you see the thing is that big big brother is here but mm. big data is 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 a big problem because they will sell on our data to third parties and we don't know where that data is going and they will use that data you know to control us if they can um mm. but you know people are waking up I, there's almost like the tsunami of consciousness coming and yeah. i really believe that you know it, it you know i i feel i straddle two worlds because i'm doing i'm doing my spiritual work and i'm seeing that 
the the hand almost the, the divine hand is, is almost behind people and it's pushing us to understand what's going on and to do things differently and and kind of almost scupper scupper there there you know without without a big revolution we don't need that we don't want that we don't want to sort of go around in circles again um and sometimes you know i think going out on the streets could turn nasty because of our provocateurs or whatever we have to do this very intelligently this this and, and it's about setting up different you know, parallel structures within our communities so that whatever they're saying, you know, oh, you've got to have this healthcare, you've got to have this education, you've got to have this, you know, whatever, um, you you actually say, well, actually, we'll, we'll do it this way. We'll, we'll yeah. set up a, our own education, our own natural, um, you know, get away from the pharmaceuticals because that is, you know, I've been looking at a lot of Rudolf Steiner's work and he predicted this. He said that the, the medicines will actually cut you off from your from your spirituality. And we know that with um with antidepressants and all those sort of you know all those medicines that cut you off from your from your heart, from your third eye, your your spirituality. Um, you know, it's about being able to sort of circumnavigate whatever they're doing and if enough of, if enough communities do this um then you know the, the, the parallel structures that of, of society you know from their 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 way of wanting to do things we set up something different people will immediately think well i've got a choice here now that looks awful i'll go with this one you know mm. well actually adolf hitler made rudolf steiner public enemy number one well, there you go. That's <laughs> wow. That that couldn't be, yeah, more, more relevant right now because um his his teachings and I would advise anyone to go to his teachings and and have a look because he he you know he did he had he had a real thing about the pharmaceutical industry and he he did say that it will you know the pharma pharmaceuticals will literally try they they'll try and cut you off from from your true your true nature. So um, and and also he did he did talk about the bifurcation of society, which I think we're seeing. We're seeing people going for the money and people going for the you know for the soul. So this almost this, you know this split in in um, in humanity where there's going to be people that are really moving away from the materialism, but in a good way. I mean I, I don't mean sort of you know impoverishing themselves, but using money for a you know using the energy of money for good rather than for massive profit and and not good mm. so i think that's i think that's the you know that's the big takeaway from all this and without without you know the what's happened in the last three years without the lockdowns we would never have got to this it's accelerated if you mm. like it's accelerated our human consciousness and our will to understand what is you know what is important in our lives and i think that's a big gift and in some ways in a in a sort of benign way you have to thank klaus Schwab and bill gates and <laughs> yeah. you know, to them because actually without their plan you know and it wasn't it is a plan it still is a plan mm. you, you know kind of control a lot of you know everything actually um you know we 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 can just move aside from that and 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 develop ourselves because we it's woken people up uh, so massively i mean i'm i'm just amazed at, at what's happening mm. in the uk at the moment where there's all the truth is bubbling up to the surface and it's so interesting yeah it's fabulous it's fabulous and i mean yeah. you know the the 
period of where we were shut down and everything um, has good and bad effects. And for some, um, it taught them to get more into their heart and, and connect more with people, which is the positive side. Um, but also now, through all what's happened, the after effects are suddenly rippling out, aren't they? You know, they threw that into the pond and everybody chose different ways. And now it's just rippling out. And it's like there is like a large undercover movement of awareness and waking up and people are thinking, yeah. well, this mm. can't be right. And you're, you're hearing all sorts of different things. And, and you know, we all, we're all in sort of different groups that are totally aware of what's going on and are here to support one another. And, and now if people got concerns, it's not making a judgment of, well, you know, I did this or you did that. It, that's nothing, you know, we all make, yeah. make choices. We're all here to support each other through those choices now more than ever. Absolutely. And, you know, there, there is this, this um, it's almost like a, a spirit of love, I find, within my own community at the moment. And a, 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 a sort of, um, I suppose it's a compassion because it doesn't matter, you know, what, what you, you know, what your, what your views are or whatever. It's looking at each other as human beings and in the spirit of love. And love is the only way we can conquer this. And love is what, you know, they, if you want to call them they, can't figure out. They, they can't get that whole love thing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we have to really look at, look at ourselves and, um, and no matter what, what's happened, you have to be kind first and right later. And that's how yeah. I feel at the moment with what's happening with this sort of um, this enormous, you know, um, kind of move towards the, the, the truth. You know, the real truth is, is bubbling up all the time. And mm -hmm. I think we have to be aware that um, at no point can you be judgmental. You can't you can't do that. Um, you've got to regard everyone as your brother, sister, yeah. you know, father, whatever, or son, daughter, whatever. And and the thing is that if we can do that, we can we can we're, we're better able to help anyone with anything and be in that spirit of 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 neighbourhood, community, love, whatever you want to call it, between each other, because that's the mm. only way to be one is through love. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I um I listened to you when you're in the Glaxon Woodroom and um <laughs> what came to mind there is the statement where um the power of thought and how it travels and we receive <laughs> it as a picture. Yeah. So if I mm -hmm. said to Sandy, Hey, um don't slam the door <laughs> on your way out. I mean <laughs> Everybody who's listening to the show is going to see him in the door. So the, the phraseology of them saying we want to penetrate, that seems to be the dagger that went into yeah. your heart as a, as a word with a picture that so shit. So when I was listening to you and I thought, oh, I think you really euphoric um, stabbing there that you actually felt and as a result, I'll step I back from it. So. so, and everybody else who gets caught up in the corporate world, and it's all about, um, we see it in different groups, and we? we see the alpha male, the alpha female, 
particularly when you're watching the, the bikies, you know, there's always the, the alpha male and the woman <coughs> tries to be, I mean, uh, what's her name? Um, John Travolta and uh, Olivia Newton-John. Yeah, her, yeah. Um, <laughs> when she turned up in the leathers at the very end to become, you know, <coughs> the alpha woman. So we see that through a whole society. And I suppose when we look at that particular company and its corporatization, people want to get up in the pecking order and, and play this game of, chopping on people to get under the top but for what particular purpose and reason and it seems to me like when I was listening to you saying I'm out of here it, it felt like your soul had said no I've been here before I don't need to play this game and so that's what it felt to me when I was listening to you yeah, yeah I think I think you're right I think I mean, we've, we've all got past lives unfortunately we're not given the gift of remembering them when we come into this that be useful but we don't we have to sort of feel our way along and 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 feel you know literally sort of you know take take the take the take the cues from our intuition um and you know sometimes you hear that call and you don't move on it um but but then there's always a niggling you know thing maybe throughout your whole life you know you didn't do you didn't listen to the call but if you if what i found i did at that point was I listened to the call and that's when I, I decided I cannot work in this industry. I, I thought this is counter to everything that I'm feeling in my heart. So, and you're absolutely right. I think it, it had a, it was like a dagger through, through the heart, that, that conversation about penetrating the Ayurvedic market. So I, I just literally start, had this, you know, a lot of my family, not my children, my children were behind me completely, but my, um, my sort of, or outer family thought I'd gone mad because I decided to uproot my entire life and give up the corporate world and come and live in Glastonbury. And they thought I'd run away with fairies or gone mad or whatever. Um, and it was the best thing I ever did. You know, it, it, it really was. Um, and of course, I'd given, I'd given up the corporate world and, and I, I, I impoverished myself. I bought a house, not derelict, but a house that needed doing up at auction. Um, and I, you know, uh, you know, I split up with my ex who, you know, is, is quite, you know, he's, he's, he's still in the corporate world and he's, he's very much in that mindset and the, the two couldn't, you know, we just couldn't, um, uh, couldn't understand each other. We didn't speak the same language. Um, and so I ended up, you know, sort of being here and really delving into, you know, spirituality. And it's funny, Glastonbury, because it's also full of a lot of nonsense as well. <laughs> so, really? you, yeah, so you, have, you, I've spent 15 years now deciding what, you know, what what's what. Um, but it, it was interesting because it, it's been a really lovely journey and realising that, you know, that there, there isn't, that, that, that this is, you know, in a way, our world is a bit of an illusion, particularly that, you know, the material stuff is a bit of an illusion. Um, and that, you know, there's a, there's another thing going on and it's our, it's our, our spirit and how, you know, I, I, I sort of, I, I took, a, because I had no money, some friends of mine had taken over a pub, a sort of a, 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 a failing pub, uh, a music venue, because they were musicians. And um, they said, you know, do you want to come in on it? Do you want to, you know, because I had no income and I got a bit of capital. So I bought into this, um, this community pub and it's called King Arthur. And it was almost like a metaphor, really, the, the whole Arthurian thing. It's very bizarre. 
but um and i worked there for a long time and i taught I, I made the top half into a hub for sovereignty you know for the you know i was working with the magna carta and sovereignty and all that kind of stuff um and that has exploded into a massive thing all over australia um, new zealand all the commonwealth countries you know uh with with something called um practical lawful descent you know how you can lawfully challenge things under magna carta all that was happening and i was thinking I, and it happened without me even trying i, I just helped somebody <laughs> Or can we have meetings here and blah 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 and it's all kind of it all kicked off um and, and then i started doing doing talks on you know what's happening in the world and it just kind of snowballed from there and i i've always felt that glastonbury has supported and protected me in anything i've done you know it's a it is an extraordinary place um and it can kick you out it can it can give you you know the glastonbury experience andrina have you heard <laughs> yeah where you know you can come into glastonbury full of you know uh, like a like a labrador puppy and think oh i'll try this spirituality i'll try this modality i'll try this that and the other and I, you know i'll try witchcraft or i'll try buddhism or i'll try whatever you know mm. and and um and sometimes you you get a really bad experience that can make you feel that you don't belong and you've got to get out you know so badly and you know i had a few of those experiences thinking i'm not sure i should be here but actually if you if you if you stick at it it actually pulls you back in and says right you've learned that lesson you can carry on now mm. so it's mm. really strange place. <laughs> yes yeah. i can fight that after living there as well and i'm dipping in and out yeah mm. yeah you've been dipping in and out for years haven't you yeah yeah, but it's, I'm like now talking to you. I, I'm already feeling the pull. I need to go up to Glastonbury again. So, um, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and I've got a friend, um, Kathy, this over from Australia. Um, she's coming to stay for the weekend. And I th I don't think we can cram it in this weekend, but we, I know. And Penny, that's over from um, New Zealand and all, she wants to go up to Glastonbury. So I'm going to see how I can work it, weave it in. But anyway, that's another story. But yeah. yeah, you know, Glastonbury, like you know, like it has got the magic and the mystery of it all, and just uh, just so much amazing um, experiences of being there. And I know I worked in the chalice well as a volunteer, um, and you know, you just meet so many amazing people and people mm -hmm. that are dressed however they want to dress, and nobody goes, "Oh my God, look at you!" No, it's just taken as it's the norm, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, if, if Glastonbury's taught me anything, it's um, it's tolerance and compassion. And, you know, you walk down the high street and there, there's somebody dressed as a wizard or a fairy or, or, yeah, yeah. or you know, or, or Gandalf, you know, you, you see people with staffs with crystals on the top. And um, and but the thing about Glastonbury also is that it, it attracts, you know, it's always been a place of pilgrimage, always, mm. you know, from the moment that Joseph of Arimathea uh, arrived and put that holy thorn, that staff into Wirial Hill um, and was met by the Druid um, Ar um, Aravagus, I think his name was, I can't, I can never pronounce his name, um, and, and was was told that this is this is this is where the spirituality lies. This is you have to build a you know he built the roundhouse, the original old what they called the old church, but it was it, you know the druids were were very big here and they were the the basis of, mm. of Christianity that 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 came after. So 
it's it is a place where people come people come when they're you know maybe maybe when they're um troubled um so you get a lot of problems here like people with um ptsd people with alcohol problems and you know i ran i, I was right in the thick of it i was running a pub you know and trying to do it in a spiritual way you know trying to get the alcoholics to drink kombucha which i managed to do a lot of the time and get them off the alcohol i mean it was mad and and you have to look at these people and and realize that that's their journey and they they they're looking for something they may not have found it but don't you know don't you know a lot of people say oh we've got you know drunks and and drug addicts and blasphemy well yes because they're trying hard they've been drawn here and you have to have compassion to them with them because it's not it's not you know it may not it may look as though they're they're down and outs or whatever but they're trying to find their way and some of them are sensitives who literally cannot figure this world out and they've dropped out and I, you know, you have to, and I didn't understand that when I first came. I, I didn't have that sort of sense of compassion and love for people. Yeah. Um, I was, I come from that corporate world and I, you know, I, and it's, it's, it's a transformation of the way that you see people and you see their journey, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, there's, you know, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Been done there many, a long time ago. <laughs> It was. I mean, I, I got out in 2020. I had it for 10 years, and uh, it was like a it was like a, a second home, really. And um, but it it I I did five months of lockdown, and I could see what was coming, and I thought, no, I can't do this anymore. And I was doing my my Agenda 21 work all the time, whilst I was um, whilst I was there, um, and it, it was a home. It was a place where you could put on talks, you know, before yeah, before right. obviously way before the lockdown. And it was like sowing seeds so that people understood what our world was really about and that, you know, there, there is this this whole corporatization uh, and it's all about money. And that, in fact, you know, what we need to do is, is come down to a more local level uh, and, um, yeah, understand. Gosh, all those pictures are so amazing. Um, yeah. And the King, King Arthur was um, was uh, it was almost like a baptism of fire. It's like you know, rising from the ashes. And it was just uh, unbelievable, really, because it was quite a dense place to hold, you know, um, mm. you all sorts coming in, particularly at festival time, you know, when God. the bus was on. You used to get lots of mental health problems, people coming in completely, uh, you know, they'd been drawn to Glastonbury. Uh, they'd gone to the festival thinking that that was, you know, amazing. But then they'd found the town. And you know some people literally go to the festival and never go home they're they stay here <laughs> you know? yeah. um, so it, it is it's a place where um there's a lot it is the heart chakra of the world and yeah. there's a lot there is a lot you know for, you know there's a lot of love here actually and it doesn't matter what 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 you believe in or what your you know what, what your politics are there's an understanding um amongst most of the people and you know myself included that you know it doesn't matter we're all here and we've got to you know be like brothers and sisters really and it's a, it's mm. it's it's take me a long time to understand that to be honest it's take me you know all that time at the arthur i was just beginning to see it you know beginning to yeah. understand the human condition that we're human we 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 do we we sometimes we fall by the wayside and drink and take drugs but 
if you can help anybody and I was always putting up homeless people overnight because they hadn't got anywhere to stay and it was a really funny place really. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, I did five months of lockdown and thought do you know what I, I think I might go bankrupt if this carries on and I'm I got out I mean it, again that was a weird synchronicity because some people in the middle of lockdown and I wasn't even advertising the lease for sale in the middle of lockdown someone came to me and said would you like to sell it and I said yeah okay uh, and I it was the right time it was completely the right time to sell and so I sold the lease and I I I I got on to you know doing a lot of other work that I wouldn't have been able to do if I'd if I was worrying about going bankrupt and dealing with all the with all the stuff that you had to deal with in a business in, in lockdown so it it kind of worked for me it was like yeah okay uh, thank you universe I'll accept that offer yeah, <laughs> but it was yeah. because nobody was buying any businesses during lockdown and these people just came to me and said do you want to sell it and it was just like oh my gosh this is a gift yeah. thank you universe <laughs> yeah definitely yeah amazing and um you know mm. I wouldn't moment i wouldn't want to be running a business um you know because it's so difficult right now everything's mm. going up you know the the seller you know you, you know when you have a, a a bar the seller is massive amounts of energy and how they're managing now i don't know i just you know i mm. i have no idea i mean it's it, uh, you know we all have problems enough with our with our utility bills let alone a massive Anything. yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. so it's yeah. all um it's all it's all interesting the way things kind of unfolded really yeah and it, and like you say it was divine timing and perfect timing for you to move on to do the next yeah. step of your journey eh? and um, the next step of the journey is doing what i'm doing now which is yeah just raising awareness about what's happening but still keeping you know not not going into fear because that's the, the one thing we mustn't do is go into fear we've got to be in the in the place of of love and and be able to move on with understanding yes this is happening but we don't have to engage with it we can observe it and my 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 mission is to to get people to observe and to understand what's going on but don't engage with it just do something else do the opposite you know do do whatever you need to do to, to actually just almost it's almost like mirroring it but in a in a in a positive way um yeah. and that's what we've kind of been doing with with every everything that we've been doing to um to sort of raise awareness about this is is really as i say setting up a different a different paradigm a new world that mm. we want not what they want because yeah they're not a world I want to live in all my grandchildren I've got two little grandchildren and I you know I'm only doing this really because of my kids and my grandchildren because well and the rest of you might see but you know <laughs> I can't see I can't see a, a good future for them if this continues the way it is mm. um and I it is falling apart I mean they are panicking it's all falling apart mm. and that new wonderful world is emerging and we have to remember mm. that and keep yeah. that in our hearts now our, our visions and everything because that that is the most important thing really right now at this time mm -hmm. so, before um you started the show um yesterday you sent through um four screenshots of you doing um, <laughs> awareness talks yeah mm -hmm. yeah did you want to you want me to bring them up and put them on the 
Yeah, do, do. Yeah, yeah. Which one you want to do, mate? Your way from um, the conference? Well, the, uh, the, um, I tell you what, the Freedom Network, is there one for Freedom Network? That's a, a very good um, organization. They, they are, you know, setting up, again, parallel systems. I don't know if, did I send the Freedom Network one? Maybe not, maybe I didn't. Oh, yeah, the Freedom, yeah, the Freedom Alliance. Um, because the, you know, the, the whole thing is to, you know, to set up those parallel systems. And a lot of what they do is, is, is you know, they've got, you know, alternative schools, alternative healthcare, but with, with practitioners that are, you know, with medical doctors who've who've just thought you know i i don't want to be in the in the medical system the way it is at the moment because it's kind of it's breaking down because it that you know it's supposed to break down because they want to replace it with something else so we've got to really be mindful about you know setting up these these different systems so that we have we have our own our own we, we create our new our own new world um and all of this, you know, if, if anybody wants to engage with my talks, you know, do do uh, do look at them. Um, the links are links are on the, I don't know, Rumble and Odyssey and YouTube. And I haven't got much on YouTube at the moment, but yeah. yeah. So are you all on on because I obviously I haven't really gone into Rumble, but that seems to be the newer platform. For yeah, yeah, Rumble at the moment, you know, because you know things change you know um because it was that you know that youtube would accept a lot of stuff but now it's 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 not the case but um yeah there's there's various certainly rumble seemed to not you know censor quite so much so yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you can say a bit more on there eh <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah because yeah i mean so they, they do take a lot down on on youtube now um but that's that's their choice, and there's always another. That you know, there's always yeah, creatives. You know, this is this is this is what I think is is rather annoying. The powers that think they're in charge. Um, uh, yeah, another. Oh, that one was yeah, that was an Ike one. That's um, deep dive with um, uh, he's he's a great bloke, Richard Willett, and uh, yeah, and, and and in that one, I, I sort of go into the the facts the absolutely concrete facts of Agenda 21, because I've got all the documents that go back to 1992 when it was born at the Earth Summit and, and how, you know, in, in a way, some of that is all coming out. You know, the 15-minute cities ideology is all in these documents that um, that I put out all those years ago. Yeah. Yeah, and if people obviously, you know, like some of the subjects are a bit sensitive, they can click on your links and they can listen to you sharing and explaining more yes. about these things. Should they want? Is, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, some people aren't ready for this. It's it's very no. difficult. You know, then some people aren't ready, and that's fine. You know, everybody comes to their, you know, their awareness at different times, and it, you know, there's some people that will be watching who want to look at this and there's some people that say oh no it's not for me and that's fair enough you know mm. yeah and that's something i did for uk column in three parts um it was the uh yeah agenda 2021 2030 and how it how it was born how it's you, been implemented yeah, for a lot of people that don't have no idea about any of this can you do like a little snapshot or an idea of what it's about um, that way well it it um 
Yeah, Agenda 21 was, was birthed at the Earth Summit in 1992. And it, interestingly, it was it was actually organised by um, oil billionaires and, and billionaires in general. Um, and it was, <clears throat> there's a guy called Maurice Strong, who's the grandfather of Agenda 21. And he had a lot of his... Um, his experience, he loved, uh, he loved China and he'd lived in China for many years and he liked, you know, the way that they, they did things. And so um, anyway, they, they decided amongst themselves, these billionaires and, and globalists, to hold this Earth Summit and to uh, put forward, um, you know, that, 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 you know, it was all about anthropogenic global warming, actually. And it was all, you know, if you don't do X, Y, and Z, you're not going to be saving the planet, so you have to do X, Y, and Z. And so it was all based on, uh, you know, and they, they they published massive, massive books. I mean, I, I've got one here. It's about this thick um, after the Earth Summit on how they would control all, you know, all the resources. And that's what it's all about, is controlling the resources. Because mm. oh. as we know, mm. you know, there's no money. The billionaires want to control the resources and it's about controlling all the resources on the planet so they published this global diversity assessment which is what you know i talk about in the uk column things and it you know all in there all the keys they've got they've got this the, you know the zones where people aren't allowed to go you've got the cities where people aren't allowed to get out and this is all being mirrored in the 15 minute cities. so it's a it's a soft it's a soft smart city agenda that they're trying to enforce which will get to be a hard smart city agenda so the whole of the smart cities was in, embedded in the global diversity assessment, which came out of uh, the Agenda 21 conference, which was called the, um, the Earth Summit in 1992. And it was all about saving the planet. But these globalists aren't saving the planet. They're destroying the rainforest. They're, they're destroying yeah. everything. Um, and and it, this is a nonsense and we know it. And so what, you know, what we've got to do is is just look at the bigger picture and understand what's happening to us and that this is you know the the earth summit then went on and it, you know it became it became well first of all it was it was called the, the they had the, mille, the the millennium development goals that were to be uh, you know executed by the year 2000 that failed those millennium development goals failed there were seven of them and then they they rebranded it in 2015 to Agenda 2030 with the with the um, with the sanction of the Vatican. The Pope got involved and said, "Oh yes, I'm going to endorse Agenda 2030 to bring in 17 goals of Agenda 21." And if you look at those all those 17 goals, um, they're called the uh, SDGs. They're the Sustainable Development Goals, and that's what this whole agenda, you know, things like the 15 Minute Cities, is based on. It's based on Getting rid of all the cars, getting rid of all the planes, you know, keeping you in a, keeping you in smart city zones, all that kind of thing. And you know that that is Agenda Twenty One. It's to to take to, to give the power more to the establishment, um, and and to take away your sovereignty of free, freedom of movement, freedom of thought, freedom of speech, everything. So that's what we're that's kind of what we're facing at the moment. So Agenda 21, that, that's it really. It's turned into the fourth industrial revolution. It's turned into uh, the, um, the Great Reset, the financial system, you know, the, the, the digital IDs, the CBDCs, you know, the central banking digital system, which if we can move away from that and use, you know, decentralized money, that's better because that's sovereign. And it's about keeping our sovereignty at the end of the day. It's about having sovereignty and having sovereign choices 
and but doing it in an intelligent way that doesn't harm the planet that doesn't harm people's freedom that's that's really what we've got to do hey um nothing's really changed you know in england eh? you do realize that i mean I um, if we look back <laughs> to the lord of the manor you know and you had the serfs and all that stuff and then they'd, they'd put on a joust so all the knights would come and get the fair haven you know, them, win the maiden of the day you know um and they have a suit of armor but today you know the lord of the manor is the the chairman of the board of the local football club mm, you know absolutely. the uniforms not, not suit of armor it's cloth and um your serfs are all the people who turn up to your football games you know and then they they go to another pageant next weekend on a away game you know so nothing's really changed in the whole true sense it's, it's almost like we're in a, a play that keeps evolving um but it's just got a different title well the thing is is it's now what 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 the uk has well i'll i'll call it not the uk i'll call it the crown corporation i'll be honest about it the crown corporation has has really um really led the way i mean the crown corporation owns a lot of well most of america i think all of america to be honest and this this is now a global thing so what the serfdom the fiefdom has gone global and that's that's the problem is that that ideology and that that control which has always been there i mean it wasn't it wasn't it, you know the, the the square mile of, of of london is the most powerful financial institution or, or whatever it is in the world and it controls a lot of the world and this is this is being seen now so that kind of serfdom fiefdom whatever you want to call it is being now forced onto the rest of the world uh, particularly in the commonwealth countries so i think you know we've we you know it is about understanding that understanding this global power this this whole thing and and moving away from it and and doing the best we can to to just do things differently hey, i was in um, london for the bombings and um we're just going to get on the double decker bus to do the second 24 hours around london but all of a sudden they stopped the buses and so we checked out of the hotel at the strand and proceeded to go through the city because you couldn't get a bus or you couldn't get a train couldn't get nothing he had to walk you know my mobile phone kept dropping in and out so i ended up in an o2 shop i spent an hour and 40 minutes having a conversation with the chairman of london chamber of commerce who explained to me the whole history of the one square mile with nathan rothschilds and how they cleaned up and how they are factoring and all the other systems that takes place with um with the city of london so um yeah it's what you're referring to about the fiefdom of of the planet really started off with um young nathan rothschild cleaning up at the battle of waterloo mm. <laughs> sandy's yes she is she's just dropped off anyway um <laughs> say no more <laughs> yeah yeah so um listening to uh sandy you, you get the impression that being in the corporate world in the in london you know dealing with um my set designer here she's boom boom with the yeah. theater and corporate events um working for the 
these individuals and then um, realizing that she obviously had been given the business plan or prospectus <laughs> of mm. how these um, global corporate you know, organizations wanted to play monopoly and treat every country as a as part of their whole business strategy mm. and um, you know someone was going to be looking after construction someone's going to be looking after oil and gas and someone's going to be looking after the monetary markets and someone's going to be looking after logistics I mean that's someone's going to be looking at food production I mean that's just how businesses operate them you know and then you've got to work out who's got the the cheap labor costs on it so um we've seen that in the middle east and with qatar where they're getting all the people from the indian subcontinent to come in and build all them stadiums you know yeah yeah but um i mean she's given many talks she travels all over the country giving talks um She's a real trooper, um, and I really honour the work that she does and what she's doing for humanity. Plus, she's a good friend, and we have, you know, we meet up at birthdays, and when we pop in, I ring her, are you in? Shall we meet for coffee? And <clears throat> so, uh, yes. Any sign of her coming back on? <laughs> no, it's been um, smart cities must have taken her out. Hmm. <laughs> Of course, I can't um, check on my phone because I'm linked to the mobile. Yeah, she dark. No, she's back. Oh, right, she's back. Okay. So, sorry, yeah. <laughs> what happened there? I did, it just went. Yeah. Anyway, I think maybe the cable was a bit strange. Anyway, um, yeah, you were saying about the, the buses and and you in in London at seven seven. Yeah, um, I was just referring to sometimes you know um, a certain situation occurred when my mobile phone O2 dropped out constantly and I ended up in an O2 shop and of all the different people on the planet I ended up having a, a conversation for an hour and 40 minutes with the chairman of the London Chamber of Commerce and he was supposed to go over to Premier Blair as security detail but they got told to stay where they were so I mean I was just thinking how many secretaries or things I would have had to go through just to have this conversation with the guy um, and it just opened a whole plethora of how the city of London operates you know obviously there's two mayors of London the one who looks after the city has um, got ambassadors role those top um, 25 banks um, can lend out a dollar 40 times uh, it's it's quite an interesting game how they play with the money and you can give a dollar to them and they can then say to you well i'm only going to give um five percent interest to the people who come and borrow that money but i'll give you three percent so i'm only making two percent but in reality they're actually lending that out 40 times so the first time they're only making two percent the next 39 times they're making five percent so i mean it's yeah. um it's a real numbers game it's a real racket in terms of um it is indeed and um and of accumulation accumulated wealth based on um zeros and ones this is basically now a digital format isn't it so mm, yeah yeah i mean you're absolutely right and the thing is is there are these events that have happened that have really you know compounded you know i think i don't know whether it's woken people up i'm pretty sure it has but you know you imagine you know 9 11 7 7 
you know, and anything that's happened after that, you know, we've we've had <clears throat> we've there's been these events that would suddenly changed our world. I mean, I certainly remember 9-11. Nothing was ever the same again after 9-11. It just it just literally became a different world of security and um, you know, I, you know, sort of, you know, having, having to go through an airport after 7-7 was a nightmare. You know, you, it, traveling became different. Everything became different after 9-11. And, and everything became different after, after the pandemic. You know, 7-7 was a big wake up call. I, mean, I remember I was actually working in London, 7-7, and it was scary. You know, people just pouring out of the tubes and, and, you know, not being able to get on a bus or a tube or, and people just panicking, not knowing what the hell had happened. It was frightening. And, you know, you realize that all of this is, you know, was, was for a, for a reason. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Mm. Oh, is that okay for another, you know, wheeling his luggage through the city? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it is yeah. what it is. So we got the Victoria coach station. Yeah. And then the, then they had a, a bomb scare there. So then the next second at five o'clock, they put the buses back on the tubes yeah. and then my mates could get to Paddington Station, mate. There's trains running out of Bristol. Yeah. But um, yeah, no, been in the heart and soul of it. But um, yeah, so um, but if we talk about the, um, the Dukes and the Earls and all those guys running their little fiefdoms, and then we've got the chairman of the board and the CEO and the trainer running the football club. They're doing it another way now, but you mentioned before about the price of utilities and the price for fuel. You're now restricted financially about how far you can go and where you're going to spend your budget. Yeah. Mm. And then on top of that, you get migrants who come in and they've been put into hotel rooms where the, the government of the day is, is forking out multi millions of dollars. When people have been working in the UK and are pensioners, they don't receive those benefits that someone new who's just turned up is receiving unbelievable wealth. It just yeah. sets the whole different train in motion, isn't it? It it does. And you know, you, you have to ask, you know, without without getting into a sort of, you know, racist debate, because you you know, sometimes you're accused of being racist when you say, Well, why why are these people arriving on our shores and what's happening to you? And I, you know, in a way what they've done is they, they've displaced these people and it's all part of the grand plan is to displace them from their country of origin um and and make it so that they they you know they they're not they're not a lot of them aren't refugees they're economic migrants but they're being treated as refugees and the thing is that then they're almost made it's made impossible for them to live in their own country because of war or whatever it's been orchestrated again um and so they, they arrive here and they're encouraged to come here as the land of milk and honey you know this is this is where you can be looked after this is where and it you know why there's a you know that why are they being put into these hotels and the majority of them are, are young men and that's a bit of a worry uh, you know there's a lot of of that going on um mm. you know uh, i i know a hotel owner funny enough in cornwall and he's got this five-star hotel in cornwall and he got a call from the from the home office and they said you know, we want to uh, give you X amount of million to have your hotel for a year or maybe two years, but a yearly contract to have migrants put in there. Um, and he, he said he had to think. He thought, actually, I could have a year in the Maldives with the wife or, <laughs> or Barbados. 
but he's a man of principle and he he said actually my business supports the local community it's only a small town in, in cornwall um my business supports a whole community here i can't and they because they were saying sack all your staff uh we'll bring our own people in uh to do the cleaning once a week and get the food in and you don't have to worry about anything we, you, you know and he said well what about damage because it's a beautiful five-star hotel and they said well take photographs and we'll reimburse you for any damage that may be caused but he had the he had the, the moral fiber to say mm -hmm. actually no I don't, I don't want this this is not going to be good for my community because he's a very wealthy man in his own right he could have you know he could have done it but and but there's a lot of hotels you know all over england i mean i think i, I did get a list of them the other day somebody sent me a list of all the hotels that have been taken over and it, it, it runs into sort of like you know 70 80 90 hotels and you just think if they're all full uh you know what 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 is going on mm. definitely so, um yeah who knows but uh, i mean I, I wouldn't like to you know sort of to predict what that what, what yeah. that's for. but it's it, it is it's it's odd and the thing is that it is impoverishing you know we're, we're all poor we can't pay our bills you know all the you know the wages have been frozen we've got strikes going on and yet thousands and thousands are going to, to bringing these people in why why what, what do we, you know why would you do that why would you impoverish your own country to bring these people in who i know it's sad but you have to you know you have to think about you know your mm. own you know your own first before you help others you know because that's you know how it's a, it's a bit like you know put, putting your uh, you know your oxygen mask on before your children's yeah. ones do you know what i mean it's like that whole thing yeah um so, um you know mm. and obviously help these people but you know we, we can't how can we just keep them here and and impoverish our own people i don't know it's really difficult it's a big mm. big conundrum really because you want to be compassionate you want to help them but on the other hand what can you do it's it, it seems that they're getting uh all the all the beneficial treatment that people our own people aren't getting benefits are being cut you know people are really suffering and yeah not good mm. no mm. so when you see communities like findhorn for example you see i mean that's been going since the 60s but is there anything that's apart from that, that particularly communities is any others that you've noticed around in england scotland wales and ireland any um, i think i think there's communities sort of popping up everywhere i mean uh, you know i yeah i mean I, I did the freedom network down in battle in haste you know near hastings and they, they've got a great community there with you know farms that have got together um you know and there's one farm where they they've they've allocated part of it as a new school hope farm in uh, in in um in battle and so that i think there's organically there's communities popping up all over the place and i think really it'll kick in more when i, know, I hate to say it when things get worse which i think they yeah. they could do much you know i think yeah. people will consolidate more get together more because at the moment not everybody really thinks that anything's too bad at the moment <laughs> Mm. But you know, I think this March, I just get this real deep feeling that March is going to be a big, a big tur 
turnaround because i i think personally that that there's the the power so that this big power structure is you know the people within it are panicking and they're trying to accelerate it too quickly and they're making mistakes i think there's a massive amount of because they're pushing too far the people are going hang on there's something wrong with that you know i if, if they'd tried one thing it, it probably would have worked but to to back to, to throw everything at us at once which is kind of what they're doing right now Fifteen minute cities the digital id the central banking digital system everything is 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 and the 5g the you know all these battles that everybody's like it's sort of like whack-a-mole you're trying to bat it all off um you know i think i think with that comes a hang on a minute this is a step too far and i think people you know as it yeah. as it progresses people are just going to wake up more and more yeah mm. Mm. Adrian and i um once saw a show we spoke about it before and the green beautiful one it's um, oh yeah <laughs> it was a living example of where um a society had come to that same crossroads and chose to throw away all their um capitalism corporate um society and get back into um it it true heartfelt essence of all their different gifts it was quite interesting show wasn't it it was <laughs> have you seen that sandy no you'll have to put the link up again jeff yeah to find it. the green beautiful it's very hard to find i think it's on vimo now yeah i mean it, it it's interesting i mean you look at someone you know people like the amish you know they they just don't engage with all this stuff and it's actually benefited them you know they they they, they live their lives and all of this won't affect them because they they've lived in a very simple way you know they haven't had the technology they don't they don't engage with all. i'm not saying we all should live like the amish at all but their principles have protected them in a in a very interesting way um but um yeah we we've got it's almost like we don't want to we don't want to go back to to being living you know in this agrarian sort of you know sort of society where you know everything's quite hard you have to carry water chop wood blah 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 but for a period we might have to but the thing is the technology is there for the good and it's about shifting the technology from being some a form of control and manipulation and the destruction of the human condition to something else because that technology can be used for good we, when you look at raymond rife and wilhelm Reich, you know all mm. of these people and and tesla um and and uh, you know they 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 all had a vision of creating a better world not a worse world for us mm. and that's what you know in a way that, that this whole thing with the globalists is that they, they they're, they're trying to play god and they try they think they have this power but they don't and they they i think they'll fall foul of all of this because they're they're trying to really create their own their own world for themselves you know you notice that when they go to davos they're all in their private jets you know there's no there's no uh, you know worry about global warming or climate change or whatever you want to call it they they just literally aren't doing whatever they like and if you looked at the menu what they were eating you know they're telling us to eat crickets and bugs and crickets crickets yeah they were, they were venison and 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 all the their menu was extraordinary it was it was all you know meat and 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 stuff that they're saying that we are really not supposed to have 
because um, of, of climate change. But they seem to have a different set of rules. And that that is being, you know, that's a huge hypocrisy that people are understanding now. But there's, mm -hmm. there is this strange uh, two-tier system and it, it's it's just not, it's not mm. right and, and, and it won't work, you know, because people people will just start questioning and say, well, I'm not going to listen to you because you're a hip hypocrite, you know. Yeah. 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 And it's definitely not listening to the news, is it? Because, I mean, no. <laughs> you know, they feed you one story and we know that's not the truth, what might most of us or... Yeah. yeah, without you know being judgmental, but we you know we know that they they have to say what they have to say, but we know hello that's not really what's happening, and it's yeah. like food chains and <clears throat> I've noticed um, in the supermarkets now all this vegan plant based stuff, but when you look at what is in you know you think oh that's you know it's bound to be good for you is herbs is is all mm. you know natural grown etc not touch but when you look a lot of these stuff have got fillers in you know yeah it's, yeah they've got all sorts of stuff you you need to look at labels you know and they you know they're doing things different things like in the toothpaste in the water in your food you just have to wake up more and more and be aware what are you eating what are you looking at what you know some of these processed foods because i know every now and again if i eat too much bread or something like that I, my energy just goes down. I'm, you know, feel really tired, or, um, you know, and it's just being aware of what you're eating, and then just sort of later on thinking, oh God, I felt tired. What have I had? And you look back, and think, oh yeah, that, that's probably, you know, it's little things that are people are being more aware of, eh? Yeah, and nutrition is such a big part of this. It's it's like looking at the, uh, really the the whole human being and how how we live and how we. <clears throat> what we eat, you know, how we how we organise ourselves in that respect. And you see, the thing is that the soil has been degraded. So there's not a lot of nutrients in the foods that, that we're buying in supermarkets, for instance. I mean, they're, they're just tasteless and, and they've been forced. All of that, in a way, it's, it, it, you know, if you think about changing that whole paradigm, it all has to break down for us to... Yeah to to mm. rebuild it you know um and you know it's our, our way of building back better <laughs> because that's what they were saying but actually they were building back worse so we yeah. need to really get get hold of this and 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 use our land because at the moment they're trying to you know i don't know if you know about you know the natural asset classes is that the the corporations are now buying up a lot of the land so that they can offset their carbon credits you know people like ba are buying massive i mean the whole offsetting of carbon credits to me is just absolutely ridiculous it's like getting somebody else to pay your bills um and it's just ridiculous because they can you know that they're, they're thinking that they will be able to fly all over the world and offset it by buying up you know uh forests and planting more trees and what have you but what they're doing is is that they're, they're changing the biodiversity of all that anyway by chopping with you know chopping the trees down and planting new ones and and using also using uh, the, the the forests as a form of currency because these natural asset classes will be traded on. I mean, it's a long process, but they will trade those natural asset classes on the blockchain. And it's all it's all a, a nonsense, or none of it makes sense. Nothing makes sense. So really, we want to you know have the land for the people, not the corporations. Yeah, and course. that's yeah. And mm -hmm. and unfortunately, that's what they're trying to do is just bring the corporations into the land 
to, to actually trade the, uh, the non-fungible tokens on the blockchain from the benefits of that land. And actually that land should be for the people, not the corporations, yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So it, there's a lot There's a lot going on that, you know, we're, we're, five, you know, we're just kind of aware of all these battles. But I think it'll happen organically. Something yeah. happens, divine hand will always yeah. be there. And yeah. the fact that people's consciousness is raising about all of this, and within themselves, you know, their own consciousness is raising alongside it because they, you know, it's almost like a, an alchemical process that happens in times of, of need. You have this, you know, this awakening alchemical process happens where you raise, you suddenly become more aware and more aware of yourself as well as aware of what's going on in the world. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember um, watching the Celestine prophecies or reading the books as well, but. Um, that was a case of um, don't buy into fear, but raise your um, vibration on the principle of love, isn't it? Yeah, mm. definitely. That, that is what we've got to do. You know, we can't go rioting on the streets, you know, because then, you know, you never know what these people in hotels are there for. You know, exactly. It's is, is kind of what they're waiting for. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and we cannot go into that. It's We have to rise above that and just stand firm it's like it's like standing in the middle of a storm and not getting blown away just yeah. standing firm and knowing that we we have the right to stand in our sovereignty to do to to create the the, the new world and to not not buy into fear because the fear is is what they'll do they'll be ramping up the whole you know mm. ukraine thing and, and again it, it it's all smoke and mirrors it's just to get us into fear and buy into possibly CBDC systems or whatever. They'll use anything to get us into fear, to get us on board with what, what they want to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, right. Anything else? Um, Jeffrey, do you want to ask anything else before we close? Yeah. Right. Um, so is there any last words of advice or wisdom you'd like to share with our viewers before we finish? um yeah i think i think really it's it's what what what's the takeaway of all of this i think i think it's it's like like yourselves it's understanding that this is a, a spiritual battle that we're in um as well as a, a physical you know we're, we're in the physical we can't help it we're dense you know but there is this 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 um this battle going on and i think it's going going on ev everywhere up in you know you know in, in other realms uh, and it's, it's it's a battle that's been fought for for eons and eons and eons mm. um and but this is this is like the final battle because if we don't yeah actually win this it's the end of of human beings and human beings are literally we've all got the spark of the divine in us and we have to remember that the the that it's very important that the human condition remains that we actually survive this because mm. this is what the other whatever it is that the opposers or whoever they are whatever they are really don't want us us to to have is is our souls and our our consciousness and um, we have to really stand firm and really believe that that we will win this battle and win it fair and square mm. that, that they their, their their systems will will crumble because mm. their systems are not from love and our systems are, and love always conquers fear. So that's definitely. Yeah. 
definitely and we and we know things are breaking down fast faster yeah. and faster and more and more is being uncovered and being revealed and and like people are coming together and we're all sharing and networking and supporting each other so the undercover movement is is moving at a rapid pace yeah so. there's a silent there's a silent army there you know there's a silent mm -hmm. army of people that at, at any point and and i think we we have got a bit a few challenges to come uh without a doubt yeah. and it's knowing that yeah we're not through the worst of this yet i think it's it you know we've got a lot coming at us and it's yeah. to still hold that in your heart that you know we we, we can actually overcome it and i think mm. yeah it's not going to be easy um, and it's going to require a lot of strength and determination and love to pull us through yeah but it's all part of the big divine plan isn't it Yes, it, it, it had to go. This system had to go. It had to go, mm. and you know, it's it's a bit like you know, uh, Sodom and you know, Gomorrah being destroyed. It, it, sometimes the, I, I don't want to get too biblical, but do you know what I mean? Things have happened in the past where yeah. things have literally wiped off, and then you start again, and that um, I I think has to happen to a degree. Mm. Otherwise, mm. Um, you know, we the humans have to remain because we have we are we're part divine you know we, we're creative and wonderful creatures and you know the the, the other choices aren't yeah mm, definitely yeah okay well another interesting show as ever so thank you thank you thank you so so much for being our guest this week um, oh, thanks for having me it's been really good I'm, fun thank you yeah, it's been lovely and uh, i'll give you a tinkle when i'm down in and see if you're about oh yeah definitely okay <laughs> thank you jeffrey it's been really interesting and Gosh, it looks so lovely where you are with the sun and everything. <laughs> we've, yeah, we've had a bad winter. Yeah, it's a bit cold here today. <laughs> yeah, it's about 30 today. Oh, All right, don't, don't rub it in. Don't rub it in, please. Oh, okay. <laughs> it must be about, right. what, nine here or 11? Wow. Yeah, it's better than it was. It was minus one yesterday or a couple of days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah all right love your work thank you very much just stay on there thanks while we um bless you thanks a lot and keep you. in touch thank you thanks a lot bye-bye <laughs>